Am I making any sense? Boom. Another episode of Am I Making Sense? I'm here with the very funny, hilarious, hardworking Athena Rodriguez of Hypothetical Comedy. Athena, thank you so much for joining me on my uh, humble little podcast here. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate yeah. We haven't bumped into each other in a while because we've been both diligently sheltering in place <laughs> and uh, there's no open mics for for us to go to, but uh, we've been bumping into each other, I guess, uh, on Zoom mics, right? You're doing Zoom mics. Um, so I've already had, I've had Sam on before, but I wanted to ask you, um, where did the name Hypothetical Comedy, well, first off, tell us about Hypothetical Comedy and then where did the name come from? Oh, okay. Uh, well, hypothetical comedy is actually a um, pretty much like a, I guess, a duo or, or troupe that we've come up with to uh, provide a platform for up and coming comics and entertainers to just either hone their craft or kind of get exposure as much as possible. And we really try to um, uh, foster a, a supportive community within it yeah. and um, we had gotten the idea to do so uh, because we were comics in the Bay Area comedy scene and we had a lot of people that we knew that were also comics that were supportive of other comics and um, not all of them were but the ones that we saw you know sharing information with other comics um, one of our dear friends, Corey Gibson, who passed away in 2015, she was really one of those people that wanted to push other comics up. And she took photos of, of comics while they were doing their sets on, on stage and really wanted to promote all of those people. And we kind of wanted to follow up with that. And uh. her dream was to have, you know, a website that was dedicated to these comics and they had, you know, their clips available there. They had their profiles of, you know, basically an EPK um, okay. available on her site to help these comedians. Yeah. And we really loved that about her, that yeah. she was very selfless in wanting to see other people succeed. And we wanted to follow in with that. Yeah, that's amazing. I get the sense that there's a lot of people with that attitude uh, uh, in the Bay Area scene where, um, I mean, obviously you run into personalities. Well, I'll be nice. You run into personalities, yes. but overwhelmingly, I think I get the sense that we got each other's back. Yes. Um, you know, those, those of us who are kind of grinding on the open mic and, and showcase. So yeah, that's really cool. Where did the name hypothetical come up from? Uh, well, Sam and I have, um, you know, we've been around the comedy scene together as a couple. And um, I have jokes that aren't truthful. Like I have one that I say my I caught my boyfriend cheating on me. And every time I perform this joke, someone's always looking at Sam all cross-eyed. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're always looking at him like, hey. Yeah, yeah. Do that, you know? And so I was on stage at the San Jose Improv. Okay. And PX uh, was, you know PX, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, PX was uh, the host that night. Okay. And I had just did my set and I did that joke. Like okay. The, the, yeah. 
cheating boyfriend and Sam was all ready to have this uh, introduction, but then he changed it last minute. And okay. he told PX, when you introduce me, I want you to tell them that the last comics joke was a hypothetical situation. Nice. And so she went out there and introduced Sam and said, he just wants you guys to know that Athena's joke about a cheating boyfriend is a hypothetical situation. And the whole crowd died laughing. They were nice. just, it was the biggest like pop uh, yeah. for an introduction. It was just, yeah. it was just so silly. Yeah. And so we were joking about it. And every time we see PX, she goes, I hope it's not a hypothetical situation. Nice. So like this, like kind it of stuck. Like, it was sticky. Yeah. It was an yeah. inside joke. And we were like, well, we, if we ever, had a production company or anything like that we wanted to name it with the word hypothetical and so hypothetical comedy was born no i definitely like the name it's catchy except when you have to type it out <laughs> for emails hypothetical. yeah what is that three syllables four syllables that is a long one yeah <laughs> we're always like man hypothetical. <laughs> yeah you know what actually uh, so we share that in common. The name of this podcast, Am I Making Sense, was something that I said on stage. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because, you know, sometimes you get into a bit, and I'm sure every com every comic goes through this, where you go, this is a well-thought-out bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know where I'm going with this, and I know where the funny parts are. And then I was like, God, I, I must have been a minute into this thing, maybe a minute <laughs> and a half. And this was literally like maybe four months into comedy, right? So I don't know what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but it was like really bad. And then at some point I just paused in the bit and I go, am I making any sense? I just <laughs> said it more to myself than anyone. Okay. <laughs> but then when I got off stage, I said, you know what? I've had that feeling so many times, like forget about comedy, just, for, just talk about the human experience. Mm -hmm. That happens to me all the time where I go, I, I just explained myself. I've been talking for two minutes. And in my head, I go, did I make any sense? Because uh, sometimes people will just nod and <laughs> they'll be polite. And then I'll go, wow, I said a lot. I hope I made sense. So uh, yeah, no, it's a great way to come up with names for you know production companies or podcasts, just shit that pops out of your mouth while you're on stage. Like, am I muted? Am I muted? <laughs> That's another good one. Yeah. Well, when, I, when, we first, when we first started doing the Zoom stuff, I would always start off my set like, can you hear me? Yeah. You know, because how many times have you been on a Zoom meeting where the person's like, you know, miming everything and you're like, no, I can't hear you. <laughs> like seven comics are going, you're muted. Yeah. You're muted. Right. <laughs> what's been, so speaking of Zoom comedies, what's been the biggest adjustment for you? Uh, have you had any adjustment with doing comedy over Zoom? Oh yeah, timing. Yeah. If anything, it's timing. There, There is a, a lag when you you know, do your joke. Yeah. And then you expect, of course, you know, the laughter to be in certain areas, right. but there's a lag. So they don't hear your joke as soon as you're saying it. And you have, you have to be very conscious of the time that it takes for them to hear it. And then for them to laugh. And yeah. then you move on to the next joke. And sometimes yeah. you talk over their laughs and they don't hear you. Well, yeah, there's that. And then there's also the fact that some people might be laughing, but they're muted. Yeah. So there's been, 
you know, obviously jokes that don't work and no one laughs, but then there's been <laughs> times where I go, I think everyone on this, cause I've been joining, I've really been enjoying it. Actually, Sam, um, I haven't sent him a text, but he really inspired me when he started talking about how uh, he um, found that Displaced Comedies page, or actually, I guess mm -hmm. he knows the guy who runs Displaced Comedies. Yeah, Nico. Nico, and I, and I went over there and I go, oh, there's so many time slots that I could like jump in between a meeting or jump in between soccer practice. So I've been doing more of that, but some rooms you go into, this is what I'll say. And I'm grateful, you know, just like open mics, I'm so grateful for anyone who runs a room of any type. But sometimes you jump in these rooms and it's, you know, there'll be four comics. You're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, yeah. all right. Well, this is basically <laughs> kind of a writer's circle at this point. Um, but it's still, it's still good. But you might have everyone on mute. So you just go, okay, I guess I'm just monologuing here. But I think that is a discipline, right? Isn't it a it discipline is. to just say, okay, I don't know if or when or how the laughs are gonna land, but I just wanna stick to whatever kind of time I have set in my mind, the pauses, like be really, uh, have the, uh, I guess the conviction to hold on to that pause, <laughs> even though you go, maybe I should say something else. You gotta yeah, just- comfortable with the silence. That's what I was looking for. Comfortable with it. Yes. It really helps you too, because they're, I mean, uh, yeah, it's on Zoom, but, I, I'm sure you know, we've been to open mics and shows yeah. where there's not a lot of people there or they're distracted with their phone or something. Yeah. And there is a silence and you're like, all right, well, I'll just yeah. leave. <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, what do you, so what do you find where people, do you think people are more distracted in a dive bar scenario or more distracted on a Zoom mic? Ooh. Um, hmm. I've been analyzing this one. Okay. So I feel like it depends. Um, yeah. you are at the dive bar. Most of the time they're not there for the comedy. So yeah, it yeah. feels like you're interrupting them. You are. Whereas a zoom show, they know they're coming in for that. So, yes. So that, that's my opinion. Our opinion match is originally I said, no one's, no one's fucking listening. Right. Because <laughs> You'll hear kids in the background. You'll you'll hear like dogs barking. People are washing dishes and you go, they just joined a Zoom, but they're not really paying attention. But I, I realized that in many cases, you have more people focused on what you're saying, even a fraction of their attention than at most of the open mics I go to in a dive bar. Because there, like you said, you're almost an invader. Yeah. <laughs> in, in someone's home who's just trying to get drunk on a Monday night. Like, all I want to do, it's Monday night and I'm miserable. And this is the only night my wife lets me go out and drink with my friends. So shut up. And you got to win that over. Whereas a Zoom, like you said, someone's made a, like a choice where mm -hmm. they go, okay, um, I'm going to be opening up my laptop and I'm going to be going in. So yeah, I actually have changed over the last month or two where I say, no, I think I'm getting more focused attention through mm -hmm. Zooms than I ever got yeah. um, at a dive bar. And, and so I guess I'm really grateful for this time. I was, yeah. I've totally flipped. I've totally flipped to where I was thinking, oh, this is an asterisk year. It doesn't count, <laughs> real thing. And now I'm going, wait a minute. Actually, I think this is really good. And the fact that we're networking. I know when I talk yeah. with Sam, like, are you meeting a lot of people internationally and throughout oh US? Yes, internationally, people that we wouldn't have even like 
in the comedy scene in yeah. in person we wouldn't have been yeah. talking to and we met a lot of local people that we've never like personally yeah. met and it's just it's a real eye-opener how yeah. small the world is really because we have friends in different states across you know america and friends in you know london friends in india and it just it blows my mind because now when things open up, we have so much networking available for us to, you know, take it on the road and yes. have a comic that we know in any town that can show show us the ropes in their area. And it's just, it's really exciting to yeah. see the difference in their comedy as well. You know, we, we get to watch each other's comedy in person, but then these international comics that we would have never seen really or met we get to see their comedy as well and their styles and all the difference. You kind of get tired of watching the same people over and over again in your, your scene, but then you have this little fresh bit of reality coming in. And I like that. Yeah. Hypothetical comedy. You guys should be commended for how much <laughs> you've gone out there. I, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's within the realm of possibility to say that you guys could probably drop into any major metropolitan city on the planet now. And, yeah. and people go, I, I remember them. I remember Sam and Athena. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, how much time are you guys spending on it? Is it, has it turned out to be something that you have to spend a lot of time on it or well, is it? Uh, we host the, you know, you know we yes. host the, the, um, game night, which is tonight. Right. It's right after this <laughs> podcast. Yes. <laughs> and then we also host our, uh, our open mic night on Fridays. Yeah. So we work on that one. We have two days and then Sam is also implementing, uh, international shows, which usually end on a Saturday. And then he's also trying to bring in a roasting show. We want to do a short film kind of show where people oh. submit their short films. We share the screen and everybody gets to watch it. Stuff like that. We're, we're branching constantly. out. Oh, sorry. What was that? You're branching out. Yeah. Well, we want to be able to, you know, let everybody be able yep. to use this platform to, you know, do what they need to do because I mean, yeah, it's, it's good to do it alone when you have to. Right. And um, we're not saying that's not, you know, a viable way to do it. Yeah. But there's just something about having people in your corner being supportive of you and really wanting you to succeed because sometimes comedy and pretty much any career, it could be very dog eat dog. And yeah. we, we don't like the dog eat dog platform. <laughs> nice. I like that. So when did you start comedy? Um, back in 2009. Okay. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> yeah. You've been uh, so grinding for a while then. What was the, what was the, I guess, the inspiration to get out there and do it? Um, well, people told me since I was a kid that I was funny. Ah. And, uh, I didn't really take too much to that because I thought, oh, I'll get into improv. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Um, but I really enjoyed watching comedians and stand-up comedy and the one comedian that really made it go in my head was Eddie Izzard. Ah. He just loved how smart and quick witted and how he could just, you know, move from any, you know, mm -hmm. joke to anything. And, and he was just this huge performer. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to just make people forget where they are, what kind of things they're going through, just like he did for me. 
because that was like, you know, humor in a way is like my coping mechanism. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's, that's a healthy coping mechanism. So Eddie, uh, is it Izzard or Izzard? What's the correct way? Izzard. Izzard. He has, um, a, I can't do the bit justice because um, it's been a while since I watched it, but he has the most masterful bit on the premise of England uh, colonizing India. Yes. <laughs> you, do you know the one I'm talking about? It's like so absurd to think the arrogance, the arrogance of this little European pasty white people going into a landmass with, you know, well, it wasn't a billion back then, but you know, it's like they're outnumbered and just, yep, you belong to the queen now. And I forget how he does it, but- Where um, he goes like, he's like, he's like, he's all, finally, nobody else is here. Nobody else is around. Excuse me. Nobody else is- <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Yeah. It's no, like, well, you can't claim us. We're already a country. They're yeah. like, you have a flag. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Do no you have flag, a flag, no country. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's kind of, he's an intense dude. Um, I don't know if you listened to him on Joe Rogan when oh, yeah. he talked about um, his training. He ran like a marathon. Oh, yes. Isn't that amazing? I think it's insane. I don't know. I don't know how many marathons. It was like a month's worth of marathons or something like that. And just day after day, he kept running. And um, it's kind of psychotic. And then he talked about <laughs> the reason. So I'm a big fan of his too. Um, and that's that's the reason why I um, I tuned into that podcast. But his origin story is very interesting because you probably know this, you're a fan, but we'll catch up the uh, two listeners that I have uh, listening to this right now. Um, <laughs> He he wanted to go into the military. And I forget what the exact circumstances were, but he got into street performing. And he was just doing really abstract stuff where like he had a buddy and they were just doing really stupid, non-funny. I think they were <laughs> trying to go for um, like a, um, God damn, why am I forgetting the name of that? Tr- <sighs> The, the English troop that we all love, uh, Last Cru- uh, the uh, Monty Python. Monty Python. They were doing like Monty Python stuff in the street, and then he just worked his way and started going to open mics and whatnot. And then I think that's when he found out that you know he was transgender and started identifying. And um, so it's just a very non, I, I guess what I would say, a very abnormal way to get into stand-up comedy yes and i think even now he's not considering himself necessarily stand-up comic as like a, a one-man show yeah and i think his latest thing was wasn't he doing um a show in english and french or something I like think that he has an, a third one too i think he knows like four languages i can't remember how many exactly but he knows multiple languages and he does his shows in multiple languages and i think that's yeah freaking amazing He's I, insane. He's a freak. Yeah, if anyone hasn't watched any of his stuff, Eddie Izzard, that's Google that because oh it's God. out Dressed there on to YouTube. Kill is like one of my favorite of his. Yeah. Oh my that's God. a good one. That's awesome. Yeah, well, hey, that's a good uh I guess motivator to have. Yeah. Cuz he's so um so you're doing since 2009. 
Has it always been Bay Area? Have you gone to any other markets to do comedy or? Uh, well, it started off in Bay Area. Okay. And then just recently, Sam and I were, you know, branching off to, you know, places outside of the Bay Area. We yeah. had our honeymoon in Hawaii last okay. October and we did sets in Hawaii nice. <laughs> during our honeymoon. Nice. <laughs> We've done sets in like Nevada, like okay. Reno, Nevada. We like to, we, we just started branching out and then COVID hit. And so we were like, okay, well. <laughs> yeah, you guys were producing shows too, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, at Tommy T's in Pleasanton. Uh, what's the difference between being a comedian and a producer? Um, <clears throat> I think being a comedian, you just kind of like have to worry about your own set. Yeah. And being a producer, you have to worry about everything. (laughs) You have to make sure that everything's running smoothly, that everybody feels comfortable with everybody else, that, you know, your comics are getting there on time, that they understand where the light is, that you have the music you need. And, you know, it it goes with also promoting it. Yeah. Promotion is like solely on your shoulders. I mean, yeah, it's great when the comedians promote, that's super helpful. And, uh, and we, we like it, but we don't expect it because we know that it's our job to provide the show. You know, yeah. we, we wanted the comedians to be there to tell their jokes and we're trying to take care of everything else. And I think oh, that's, that's awesome. What, what is, what are some tips? Because I, I was starting, I was actually going to start doing an open mic before shelter in place. I was walking around talking to some people, but open mic, obviously you only need to promote to, um, other comedians and it's pretty easy to get you know everyone to show up but with actual showcase I think that's one of the biggest mental blocks that I have is how to put butts in seats do you have any tips on that oh well Sam is the one that's like our our okay marketing wizard okay (laughs) he's really good I mean what he usually does is besides you know sharing it on on uh, specific social media and Instagram and stuff. He actually uh, does stuff like wherever we're producing the show, he will look at the community around that area and uh, check on Facebook if there's any community pages, like in Pleasanton oh. is what we do, Tong Tees. Yes. Um, he'll also look at other pages where it's like uh, parents who want some cool shit to do, or yeah. and he's really smart with finding the audience. We also canvas tickets back before COVID, you know, giving okay. tickets. Wherever yeah. we were going to any shows, we carried the tickets for the shows. So got it. Talking about it constantly. I mean, it's just really up to you and what you're comfortable with. But as I've learned, and I'm a shy person, is you really have to put yourself out there because yeah. when they meet you, they have to like you first before they want to be a part of your show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they're not going to want to go if you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ah, that guy was such a jerk. I, I don't want to go to his comedy show. That was He's terrible. Aggressive. Yeah. Aggressively. <laughs> hey, you said you're shy. Do you I think am. a lot of com- comics are shy? Or is that um, just a thing specific to it? I don't know if it's shy or uh, just introverted. Introverted, yeah. Yeah, I always tell people I'm an introvert because I am. But then, but then the the thing is, 
So I'm introverted. Oh, is it hot? Well, yeah, you know what? I, I, I took a shower and so the steam is still like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? This heat is just insane. It's October. And I think it, it, where I am, I'm in the South Bay, um, Campbell. It was, I think, 95 degrees today. Oh, jeez. Um, Same for us. We get it really hot here in Tracy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's never ending. I don't know. <laughs> Last year, I think we had a, a day in November that was in triple digits. Oh, wow. So, but remember, we had fires up until like late November. Oh, my gosh. Last year. Mm -hmm. So knock on wood, hopefully it gets better. Um, so where was I? So... I always tell people like, actually, I'm, I'm really introverted, but the thing is, is I have a trigger that when I am around people and the conversation's going, especially if there's like alcohol or, you know, weed or something involved, then, then I get kind of a little chatty. Um, but I think ultimately the majority of the time I'm in my head, which yeah. I think is probably really helpful for stand-up comics. So I'm trying to get a gauge of how many stand-up comics would categorize. Cause there's definitely stand-up comics, you know, who I, I know are 100% extroverts. Oh yeah. It doesn't matter who, where they are, what they're, they're, they're looking for interaction with people. But mm -hmm. then I think there's a lot of us out there who are a little more uh, wired introvert as introverts, but we're, we're, we handle ourselves well as like extroverts when needed. <laughs> yes. So I'm always I, curious like that. See, I, I feel like, um, I'm, I'm kind of an introvert, but I step out of my comfort zone in order right. to be able to, uh, be a little bit more personable. Like when I started yeah. doing comedy, um, my friends would go with me to the open mics yeah. and I would just sit with them, write my jokes, do my performance, come back. And then they'd want to leave. And that's that, that was it. I didn't get to really you know, make friends with other comics. I didn't yeah. get to mingle or any of that. So when my friends stopped coming to the comedy show, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was usually by myself. And then I was just like kind of hiding a lot because yeah. it was scary for me to spark up conversations. I am very awkward. <laughs> well, and plus, I think that's another thing. I think that's another thing with comics. If you're new to a uh, like a scene, uh, open mic scene. I bet the other comedians can come off as intimidating. Yes. I because it's like, oh, he was just up there, you know, whatever, talking all kinds of shit. Like, I don't want to say anything that's... <laughs> so probably it's double hard if you're introverted and then you come in the comedy scene and, you know, you're trying to hang out and then you may not feel like everyone's that approachable. Well... I had that. And then um, Sam started coming to the shows before he was even a comic. Like yeah. when we were talking, um, he was telling me he wanted to do stand-up comedy. And I was like, oh, well, come to the, to the show. And then you can see how they do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just finessed all of the comedians. Like they all just like embraced him. And I was yeah. like, man, I've been here for like four months. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he talks to me oh that's right i don't talk to anyone <laughs> yeah but well yeah, sam is a sweet guy too he's really sweet he's just got a charming smile and he's so disarming um <laughs> no not that you aren't not that you are i'm not just <laughs> what, <laughs> what am i chopped liver <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I could see that. I could see that about him. Kind of his, you know, chuckle and, and his nod. Yeah. What kind of you got any horror stories? Oh gosh, about comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> so many. <laughs> Give me the best. Okay. So um I had been doing comedy for I think about a year. Okay. And I had gotten booked at this place called CJ's Bar and Grill. Okay. And the person who booked me was like all into it. I was all excited about it. And pretty much only friends came to my shows. Yeah. And then that was the the time where uh friends stopped coming to the shows. So I didn't expect anyone to be there. Okay. Ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, this is how it is, whatever. And so I was on stage and I'm right about to start talking about uh, my mom because it's a joke about my mom. Okay. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. My mom's a crazy bitch, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then I turn over here and I see her sitting there. Oh my God. Right in the front row. And I'm like. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> and I swear to God, she was looking at me on stage. She's looking up at me and she's looking at me like, I'm going to fucking kick your ass. In the uh, I'm going to beat your ass here. Keep talking. <laughs> wow. And so Why you, didn't you tell me? <laughs> and so you locked up at that point, right? I, no, I was like, blah, blah, blah. Look at my mom. And then I was like, anyways, I love my mom. <laughs> oh, you changed jokes. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even get a punch. I didn't get yeah. anything. It was just right at that moment. And then stop. I was like, so afraid. I thought she was just going to start talking shit to me from her seat, but she didn't. Okay. She had, you know, mom face. Oh yeah, I know it. It's a very stern stone-like <laughs> yeah. face. Yeah. For some reason, moms have <laughs> a way of petrifying their face in the most angry, like, <laughs> I don't approve of you kind of look. You know that look? Oh yeah. It looks like they're saying all of your names in their head. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Athena, you know? <laughs> so what did the conversation in the parking lot look like? I'm going to be real nosy now. Oh, no, no. She did this thing that she never does, which is uh -huh. right after the show. Uh -huh. And I was like sweating bullets. Right, right. Like, oh, my gosh. And so she comes over and she's all, nice jokes. Okay, bye. And I was like, that and, scared me more yeah. than her trying to fight me. Like... Well, wait. And so there's been no resolution to this. <laughs> That's awesome. Because one of my questions, this actually ties in uh, fantastic. Like who are the biggest supporters in your family? I'm guessing it's not your mom. It's not my mom. And it wasn't my dad either. Ah. Sorry. No, that's all right. My dad, um, I have jokes about my dad because my dad, uh, he didn't like my comedy because he thought that I cussed too much. Yeah. And uh, I have the joke that he did say, you know, Mika, I like that you do comedy, but I don't want to listen to it because it cuts too much and it's unattractive. Oh. I was like, I don't want to be attractive to you. What are you <laughs> talking about? Like, I didn't get it at that time. And so sometimes I open with it. I'm like, hey, I'm glad you guys are here. You know, my dad wouldn't go to any of my shows because he says, Mika, you cuss and it's unattractive. I'm like, because that's what I want to be, attracted to my father. Like, it makes so much sense. <laughs> and I, you know, a lot of my family didn't really get it. Uh, my grandma was passing by one time, 
because we were in the living room uh-huh. and they were watching my set and my grandma goes, what is that? Uh-huh. I'm all, it's me doing stand-up comedy. She goes, stand-up comedy? Uh-huh. I'm like, oh man, is she going to tell me I'm not funny? Because <laughs> I already had yeah. two other family right. members. And she was like, I thought you rapped. Like, That's what? hilarious. <laughs> you thought I was rapping on stage this whole time? She thought I was a rapper. And oh, I, my God. And I don't look like a rapper, so I didn't understand how she came to that conclusion. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. She sees the microphone and just jumps to that conclusion. So you said um, <laughs> when you were younger... Uh, people would would tell you who who was the funniest person in your life let's say growing up um and or up and until you went into comedy who was someone that really you think kind of shaped your sense of humor oh man my parents your parents okay i wasn't with them a lot because uh, they were kind of shitty but uh oh, okay when i was i mean my mom i feel like i'm a hybrid of both of their humor okay you know, yeah. my mom has that very like slapsticky kind of humor. Goofy. And my dad, he used to have this like uh, very intellectual kind of humor, okay. even though when he got older, his intellectual humor somehow metamorphosized to like just dirty jokes. <laughs> but I was unattractive because I guess. A little bit of a, instead of hypothetical, hypocritical. You know what, I, that's the other name you could do a production company, hypocritical comedy. That would be really good. I yeah. think we would consider that. <laughs> yeah, I think probably, I, I, I don't know. There's something that switches in men at a certain age where they go to the dirty jokes. But I will say this, my dad loves telling jokes, but he has, he to this day, I don't know how old he is, he's in his 70s or whatever, but they're all dad jokes. You know, the corniest, like, it'll be about a pirate or a refrigerator or something just, it's really innocent. But then <laughs> you're just like, where did he find that joke? Because it's really cheesy, but at the same token, everyone's laughing. So it kind of works. The mechanics of it are fine. Is it but, his delivery? Um, Maybe it's just him. <laughs> he's a very dry dude. Very oh, dry. Oh, then that's probably it. Yeah, he's... um he doesn't show emotion at all. And so maybe it is just the absurdity of this old, like <laughs> kind of frail old dude, just telling a joke. And then like, he'll just have, when he, yeah, when he does, when he does the punchline, he'll kind of be like, mm, you know, like a, <laughs> like a partial smile, but he'll be holding it in. And then I'll be laughing. I'll be laughing loud because my laughs have always been like, God, Matthew, you're so loud. Shut the fuck up. You know, cause, cause when I laugh, I like, I like to put the, you know, I, I like to put a little sauce behind I love it. Laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I love different laughs. I like when people have unique laughs. Yeah. Yeah. So, my um, cousin, laugh was very abrupt. What she was would, when she laughed, it uh-huh. would just sound like this. Huh? <laughs> That's all I would be. <laughs> I'd be like, did someone hurt you? Are you okay? What happened? She goes, we're oh. done here. It does not require a ha ha. Just, that was ha. it. I'm done. I'm, I'm busy. I can't. <laughs> yeah. What, so what about you? Where do you, uh, how do you come up with most of your material? Uh, well, most of it is based on my life. Yeah. So it's endless. Uh, right. I, um, I like to come up with different concepts and usually my humor is more observational. So it's just stuff that I'm, I'm noticing or observing within other people or with. Hi, Sam. 
What's up, my friend? We'll be able to, we'll wrap this up in time for game night. <laughs> but yeah, I, I forgot what I was talking about. Observational. Oh, yes. Observational humor. And uh, I like storytelling as well. So I kind of try to use both of those things uh, with the humor perspective. And you know how it is. Yeah. Do you ever, so I have some stories that I've tried to work out on stage mm-hmm. because I love the story. And if I'm telling the story to a friend or a colleague, you know, they're into it, they're laughing, but it doesn't work on stage. Have you ever had to give up on a story that you love, but for some reason it's not working on stage? Um, I knew why it didn't work on stage. I, oh, okay. I had, um, I was doing a set at, uh, the Brit downtown. It was Otsu okay. Walker's um, mic. Yeah. And he kept pushing me back. So while I was waiting, uh-huh. um, I was drinking Long Island iced teas. And oh I God. kept getting pushed back and then back. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll just have another drink, whatever. Uh, so by the time I got on stage, it was I had too this late. joke. Yeah. about a killer whale and nobody could understand me because i was like guys yeah yeah <laughs> well, this killer whale had someone on their back guys <laughs> i could not get the joke out and i was like oh my god this is such a good joke and it's getting messed up because of my drunk ass and i can't even pay attention and it was like so horrible that i never wanted to tell the premise or that joke ever again <laughs> So it just died. It died that night. It just died. It just died on stage. So I have found, it's interesting you bring that up. I have a very tight margin of substances that can be in me where a certain amount, like a little speck, like a little puff of weed and maybe half a pint of beer and things can still, I can remember what I want to say and when I want to say it, but there's a tipping point. And once that tipping point hits, like I'm worthless. I can't remember <laughs> what I want to say. I stutter. I, I get self-conscious of myself. Like, are my lips sticking? <laughs> Can you guys hear me? And then I'll just start wandering and I'll go down this like neurotic thing. So I know exactly what you're talking about. There's definitely <laughs> like this. Um, I, I, you know, actually, I think the right answer to this and Bill Burr, he's uh, a comic that I like a lot. He, he said he never drinks. And he never partakes in any substances prior to his sets. Oh, wow. And I, I heard it. I forget who he's talking on some interview or a podcast or whatever. But he said that it was one time early in his career where he had whiskey or something prior to thing, And it was one of his worst sets ever. And he's had the discipline that for the last, whatever, 20, 30 years, the span of his career just no alcohol or whatever. And I was thinking that probably, that should be the way I do things. But here's the problem. (laughs) Here's why I don't do that. Because a big part of supporting an open mic is buying drinks, right? And and tipping. Now, I guess I could buy a non-alcoholic, but by the time I'm buying a drink, it's like, I want want alcohol, you know? (laughs) Um, So I usually, whatever open mic I go to, I buy a beer. And so whatever, if I'm however many open mics per night. That's not the tipping point, though. No, One no, I'm fine. <laughs> right, because if I chill out, drink a beer, do my set, then already like 40 minutes to an hour has elapsed, and then I can go to another one, and by then I'm pretty much sober again. See, I'm nervous on stage all the time, so I really I 
something okay. to like help me just a little bit. And then I forget that those, you know, substances create a different effect sometimes. Like yeah. when you're drunk, you forget things. Yes. <laughs> but when I'm like, like sometimes I'll, I'll smoke, you know, bud mm-hmm. and then I'm on there and I'm like, wait, what was that? Was that the light? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yes, that's me. And it was like somebody like, is it hot? I feel hot. <laughs> Guys, my heart is pounding yeah. so hard. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just start telling them stuff that they don't want to hear. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been there for sure. That's that's a little balancing act, a tightrope, uh, tightrope walk, if you will, with yeah. the um, drugs, drugs and alcohol. Um, yeah. So, do you have any like? What are some tips? I don't really. Um, I still consider myself, you know, categorically an open mic, and I'm enjoying the open mic, but. What are some tips to get booked if a person wants to kind of turn the corner and start doing more showcases? Do you have mm-hmm. any advice on that? Uh, I would say one, make yourself available. Okay. Uh, availability is like a big one. Um, okay. Most most bookers will try to book someone on a specific schedule and they want to make sure that the person that they want or the person that's interested is available for that date. Yeah. Uh, secondly, um, always make a good impression not just for that booker that you want to be on their show, but other people. Yeah. Um, everybody's always watching you. When Sam and I are, I guess, prospecting other comedians, we're at other shows and we're watching their sets and seeing how they perform, how they treat the the host, how they treat other comedians. That means a lot to us. We don't want to just bring someone in who's just like a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. They don't care about, you know, anything. They just have a one track mind of, you know, becoming famous. And I get that and that's okay. But we want to, I don't want to say we want to make, like, make sure that we're getting someone wholesome because that's not always the desired thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we do want to be able to, to, book. you don't want to get a psychopath in there. Right. That's what yeah. I'm getting at. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. wholesome, but also not a psychopath. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, 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 I totally get that. And, um, you said a couple interesting things there. Um, so one thing that I've kind of learned is I thought this was 100% an individual effort with stand-up comedy but then i realized oh this is a team sport because so many people are putting in so much effort to make sure that mics can happen that you kind of have to take care of each other mm-hmm. um and you you kind of need the people like you know i i always enjoy seeing you and sam around you need the people who are just like cool people on the scene who you can feel like okay yeah i know i'm gonna watch their stuff I know they watch my stuff. We're going to be cool with each other and we're rooting for each other more than anything. Yeah. And you said this thing about um, fame. So I do you, I always look at it like I want to be able to make a room full of people laugh, but I don't think I ever want any kind of notoriety. Do you think a lot of people are, what should I say? Do you think famous is the end game for a lot of people who get into stand up comedy? I believe so. Um... I personally have, I don't want to be famous, but I know that 
the things that I want to accomplish in my life have to do with getting that voice and getting that platform and getting those eyes on it. And so that sometimes requires for you to be putting yourself out there and being famous. Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of people say it and maybe it's a cliche by now, but I I didn't want to be famous, but I do want to be, I guess, big enough to have a voice. Yeah. And to be able to- get stage time when you want it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Make a difference in people's lives and, and make them feel better. and. Yeah. No, it doesn't always necessarily mean that I have to be famous to do so. Yeah. It just helps. <laughs> cool. Right on. So Athena, let's do this. Cause I know tonight is game night. I don't want to go too long. Um, why don't you mention the shows that you have coming up? Because like we talked about in the beginning, I know that you and Sam have multiple things cooking and then okay. how can people find you? Okay. Um, well, the only show that I really have booked, I think I remember, uh, is a show on, I believe, October 29th. And that's by Cynthia Fox. And she she's actually a producer that runs shows that um, help, I guess, uh, raise money for yeah. different organizations. We did a show for her a while ago. And that had all the proceeds going to BLM movements and yeah. how to, you know, help others. But um, I'm on her show on okay. October 29th and it's going to be a Dia, Dia de los Muertos show. So yeah. it's kind of like, you know, it's Google. Of- anyone out there, Google, uh, I guess not Google, go to Facebook and look up CCC show. Mm-hmm. I think that's what she calls it. I was on that show early on and yeah, it's great. She's Yay. um She's been very consistent with that too, which is I'm I'm happy for. Her. She's doing a great. Have thing. you ever got heckled? Well, yeah, she kept she said some <laughs> things, but she was joking with me because um, I I I forget. But see, okay, well, this is let's expand this a little bit. So as far as heckling goes, I've changed my criteria of heckling because okay. Zoom, like I said, Zoom is so noisy and people are doing things that I I consider almost every set I do, except for these really small intimate mics where um, there's not many of us, but certainly the ones I go on Monday and Tuesday with um, Pete on Monday and then um, Melanie on Tuesday, everyone's talking and we we're talking shit to each other in the chat window too. (laughs) So there's like, there's a comic performing here and then there's a a bunch of peanut gallery people. We're all saying stuff in the chat window. So yeah, I think zoom and heckling is just, it goes, it's like hand in hand in glove or hand in hand, whatever the saying is. Yes. Um, so yeah, no, that's a great show. I uh yeah, I think I do remember seeing your um your name on that. Yeah, that'll be good. And then you guys have your Friday. Yes, Friday, Friday open mics. Uh Sam hosts our Friday open mics. Those ones I think are at 8 p.m. on Fridays, and I think the sign up is earlier in the day. So you can go to okay. Hypothetical Comedy Network and he puts up the list and if you want to perform or if you want to be an audience, you can, you know, get in there. I really like that, Mike. I, the, the problem is Fridays are usually, um, we do like a family movie night, but I think tomorrow I'm available because the kids have friends over. So I'd probably drop in for tomorrow's. And oh, that would be so watch. great. We'd love to have you. Yeah. Or maybe do a set uh, if I get, if I sign up in time. Yeah. Um, 
Cool. All right. Well, Athena, this has been great. I really appreciate you joining the podcast. Thank you. And I know it's, we'll see each other soon at some point. (laughs) Are you, I don't know, are you getting cabin fever or are you, are you okay with the, how shelter in place has been or? Uh, I do have cabin fever. I'm going crazy. I'm more of the, I really want to go and do naturey stuff. And I feel all worried because you never know, like it changes all the time. Like all the rules change all the time. It's, I never know what to do. (laughs) It's impossible. Yeah. It's, it's constantly changing. And with me, you know, I've been fortunate. I've, I knock on wood, I haven't lost my job, but I'm just, I'm doing everything from home on my computer. And I don't miss commuting. I, I never yeah. liked driving in traffic, obviously, but I'm just like, I wish I had somewhere else to go. And I think having open mics were also something throughout the week I really looked forward to. And I haven't yeah. had that now for seven months. And I'm feeling a little aimless. And yeah. I'm, I'm ready for things to open back up so I can see people face to face and drink that beer that I, I have. I've been so good. I really haven't been drinking any alcohol. Um, this lockdown, but I would like to go to a bar and drink a beer. <laughs> so, we do all have a beer together. Definitely. Let's do that. that. One beer. We'll all take sips. And we're That's driving. Right. <laughs> no driving. <laughs> no drive. We'll have another designated driver. Cool. Well, all right, Athena. Thank you very much for joining the podcast, and we will chat soon. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah.